For a thought for a text this morning, I want to read to you out of the Living Bible, I believe, uh, Matthew 6 and 28 through 30. I have the King James here, but I've got it printed out in the Living Bible, I, I, and, and it brings it to date to where we can all understand it. Matthew 6 and 28 says, And why worry about your clothes? Look the fields. Look at the fields, the lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon, all his glory, was not clothed as beautifully as they. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? Says, old man of little faith. So don't worry about all, don't worry at all about having enough food or clothes and why be like the heathen? That's the people that don't know the Lord. There's got to be a separation uh, uh, from us and the Lord. Matter of fact, the scripture says in one place, it come out from amongst them and be you a separate people. Uh, uh, we need to take that stand real hard that that we need to be an example for people, I believe. Uh, we can't be, act like we're better than they are, but I think there's a place that we can come out from amongst the crowd we used to hang out with, and, and we can be an example to them of what God is like in someone's life that will really let him be. But going on anyway, he said, For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. Uh, but your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. See, a lot of people want to they want to say, I don't know why God's doing that for them. Uh, I'm saved. I go to church, and they don't even go to church. And look what God's doing. See, we, we, need, to, we need to change our thinking just a little bit and begin to realize what he's saying here. He said he'll give them to you if you give him first place in your life. And you can't give God first place in your life and always trying to second guess why he does what he does the way he does it. Just accept it. God's God and God loves you and God's got you on his mind and God don't just focus and see things like a mule through blinders only straight ahead, but he sees the whole picture. Hmm. He already knows what you have need. Matter of fact, the scripture says, but your heavenly father already knows perfectly well you need them. And he'll give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants us to. That brings around more than coming to church on Sunday and hanging out with the wrong crowd on Monday. See, it's a process. God called us out of something or other, praise the Lord. He called me out of something or other. He called me out of my doing the things I was doing. And he made me responsible for it. Hmm. Glory to God. I'm going to stop there. I could go on a little bit further. I want to get over to the real meat of the thing. You pray for me this morning. See, we live in a time... When, when, when that scripture we need to think about, I think, are really more than probably I have in, in, in times past because when you look around, you see all the things that brings weary to the whole world. It certainly brings weary to me sometimes when I don't watch it. And I'm reminded more than once that, that there's a warfare that goes on in my life. I've been saved 
by the glorious love of God in my life, his mercy, as you have. But still in all, I have to fight this old man that reverts back to who I used to be and, and, and remembers when I try to take care of it myself. And there's some things in life you and I just can't take care of. As a matter of fact, since we've got saved, we'd be better off if we'd quit trying to take care of things in our life and we'd spend time on our face before the Lord and ask God to come and take care of it for us and we'd be a lot more victorious in what we're trying to do. Kind of reminds me, though, about a little story here. It's that a man one day, in, uh, a man sat one day in his home all distressed. Anybody ever been there? His wife wrote him a note and left it in his study. Said, you suffered through many troubles in life, most of which never, ever happened. Let that soak in for just a moment. Most of all, which have never, ever happened. That's called weary. Worrying about things that hadn't happened. Thinking about things that hadn't happened. And when we really don't focus on who we are and who we belong to and who we put our trust in, that's what happens to people. We worry about things because that's the way the old man used to do it. That's the way Ben used to do it. Now, worry, regardless of who you are or how spiritual you think you are, it'll visit your house one day. It's an equal opportunity of employer. It'll, it'll let anybody worry that it wants to. We all got to deal with it sooner or later if we don't stay prayed up and really close to God. Where can, can be defined as anxious mind, a troubled mind, fear or fearful state of mind. Where it could be described as thinking with your emotions. I'm guilty. Where it causes increased tension. No wonder there's such a need for a therapist today that, you know, physical therapist. People are so tense they can't bend over. Can't move the arm. My granddaughter's a therapist, one of them. And she'd come to the house one day and she reached over to her grandma and she touched her, oh my, grandma, you're just so tense. Now, I've been telling her she's got too much tension, too much going on, but she don't pay any attention to me. But see, when you got a title behind you, people listen. Sometimes. Not only does it call tension, but it causes upset stomach. Anybody ever been so worried about something you had an upset stomach and still said, Jesus is my Savior? The battle going on between the flesh and the spirit shows there's room for you to grow. There's still hope, but there's room to grow in God. Because the more we trust the Lord, the less problems we're going to have. It also caused depression. No wonder there's so much, such a demand for these people that you go see them and pay them a hundred, maybe two hundred dollars now an hour, and depress. And this time we live in to lay on the couch and tell them everything that's bugging you. But if you're not careful, when you go back home, you've been loose from one thing: the two hundred dollars. 
But if you go to Jesus and fall on your face, he'll do more for you in five minutes than you'll get in an hour there. But that's not the end of worry. It'll take you to a place where you have more serious health problems than that. Chronic wearers often suffer low self-esteem. How many times have I saw people in the church that, that felt like that they were less than nothing, yet they claimed to be saved? See, we've got to get to the place that we quit looking at the guy in the mirror or the lady in the mirror. Because let me tell you something, time will change the way you look in the mirror. I'm not talking about with eyesight, I'm talking about what you see. But it's not about what's on the outside. Sister Smith used to sing a song, and it had to do with getting saved and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. He, she said, it's something on the inside, working on the outside, making a change in me. When you can get the inside right, it won't make no difference what we see on the outside because we know God's in charge. Where is the sand in the machinery of life? How many can agree with that? When everything seems to be going good, all of a sudden things start happening. I used to work for, as a, a mechanic or automotive technician in heavy equipment and after cars and stuff, and, and I began to realize what pre-maintenance means. And pre-maintenance for Christians is equally important and more so because when we pre-maintain things in the mechanical field, it meant you took care of things before they broke down. You, you begin to change the oil at a regular interval where the oil stayed clean so no sand and carbon stuff got up in the bearings and tore them up. But for a Christian, our pre-maintenance ought to be that we ought to stay on our face before God daily and in the book daily so that we can have a close relationship with the Lord and then we won't have to worry about the devil having time to come in and tear us up. It pays big dividends to walk close to the Lord. Where it's been said, it's today's mouse eating tomorrow's cheese. If you keep on worrying today, you're certainly going to be lacking in the Lord tomorrow. There's a recipe we need to realize that if we're going to be happy tomorrow, we need to work on being happy today. You can't put off to tomorrow what you can do today, but certainly what you do today will help you tomorrow where the Lord's concerned. I like going to Sister Barbara's classes when she had them here. You know, I, as a pastor, the people sometimes think I got it together, but I'm probably the least person got it together you know of. Matter of fact, I feel like an unbade bed most of the time. I just, if it wasn't for God, I don't know what I would do. It certainly wouldn't be what I need to do. But I could come into her class, and I'm the pastor. I could come in here, and I'd feel good when I left outside. See, because you can't get too much of the goodness of God in your life. You can't get around people that's got the goodness in their, of God in their life too much. It amazes me sometimes. We've been having church here for over 10 years here in this place. And it amazes me that I can look and see a ball game and there's not enough room on the pews for people to get there, but you can't get a house filled up in a church with people about the good news of God. Sometimes people are more concerned 
about making the old man happy than the new man happier, the new woman happier. Weary pulls us down. Weary is today's mouth eating tomorrow's cheese. One person said, Weary is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. A lot of us ought to know that. Uh, maybe that's why a lot of us love a rocking chair. We can sit at home and just rock, and we, we're busy, but we're doing nothing, getting nowhere. Sometimes you find people in a church like that. We love to go to church, but we don't want to do nothing. We just want to sit there and let somebody else do something. I'm not putting you down as a pastor. I'm glad you're here. You see, and you can sit there. That's fine. But I, when I looked in the Word, I found out that there's a place for people to get busy in God. The Bible addresses these problems head on that we've talked about and laughed about a little bit. It, when you look at Psalm, Psalm says 37 and 37, says, do not fret because of evil men, but are be envious of those who do wrong. I've been around people in the church. I've heard people literally say, I don't know why so-and-so is getting so blessed. They don't pay their tithes. They don't go to church. They do this and they do that and they do that. You have to be careful. That's almost a place of judging people there. See, but whether people are saved or not, they're God's, and that's God's hand to work with those people. I just need to realize that I'm so blessed this morning. I'm so blessed because God's mercy was funneled toward me, and God saved me the wreck that I was. See, God, it's God's business what happened to Shannon or, or this young man by the side of her, David. It's God's business. I may not like his shirt, and I may not like his shoes, I got no problem with it, you understand? But I may not like them, but it's none of my business. What I need to do is if I got favor with him, then I can go talk to him and I can say, David, brother, that, that's kind of loud, you know. <laughs> he still got the chance to make up his own mind, but I need to go to him in favor, and I first re need to realize I got favor with him before I say anything. But we sometimes, we want to look at a situation, we want to judge it. Well, they, they shouldn't do that because so-and-so, when I first got in church, I heard people say, well, you better not put so-and-so up there because they hadn't been saved long enough. They still probably got some hang-ups. You hear what I'm saying? Who hadn't got some hang-ups? Who's perfect in this room? We need to realize this is God's house, and we work for God, and God brought them in here. We need to love them and help them, praise God. And quit worrying about if God blesses them or not. It's God's business. He blessed them and don't ever bless me. If God never blessed me anymore before he took me to heaven, he's still a good God. And if I live right, I'm going to have it all when I get to heaven. Help me, Lord. I like this other scripture here. I'm going to try to hurry because I, I, I need to. I'm kind of slow, but Mark 4 and 18 and 19 reads it like this. It says, Still others are like seeds sown among thorns. Hear the word, but the wearies. 19 says, But the wearies. But the wearies. But the wearies. Oh, I sound like I'm hung up on that, aren't I? But the worries of what? Of this life. 
the deceitfulness of wealth. And I could just say, and wealth. And the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. God's word is good what it falls on. Good hearts or bad hearts? God's word's good what it falls on. And when I'm talking about hearts, I'm talking about it's the ground, what it falls on. Tilted ground, stony ground, or thorny ground. God's word's still good. And so it says here, the seed was sown among the thorns. See, what he's saying, there was already, they was all, the ground was already filled with the thorns. My mind is already set on, if I can use me, my mind's already set. I like hunting. I like shooting. I like fishing. I like partying. I like whatever else I could think of. It's not about God. And that's so important to me. Oh, I go to church occasionally, but I'm not going to let that take root in me because I like where I'm at and what I'm doing. God's good word falls sometimes on hearts that's so set on the fleshly things in the world that the fleshly things in the world chokes out God's good word. See, he said, but that is that the worries. We worry about maybe Brother Terry if I'm gonna make forty thousand dollars this year rather than thirty nine thousand dollars this year. Or I'm worried about maybe that that I won't be as popular in this area if I spend more time over here with God. Thorns, he talks about. Worries about losing out on who we are. Luke 21 then brings it in and says like this to us in 34. said, be careful of your hearts. Be careful of your hearts. will be weighed down with deception. Things in the world will deceive you and make you think that that's more important than God. Be weighed down with deception and drunkenness, having a party, and the anxieties of life. And that day, he said, will close in on you unexpectedly like a trap. My daddy was a trapper. I can understand that. He was a good trapper. He made a living by trapping in the wintertime, and he had set those traps just right in such a way that if he didn't show you, you wouldn't find the trap. But when that something stepped on him, it that quick it had him, and he couldn't get loose. And so we have to be careful of our heart and watch out because the enemy's out like a roaring lion to kill and destroy anybody that he can. And he'll certainly do it through cares and worries of this world. First Peter tells us, be careful, be careful of your hearts. First Peter 5 and 7 tells us we ought to cast all our anxieties on him. Why? Why would, should we put all of our problems on the Lord? Because he cares. He cares so much for you and I that he was willing to die on the cross for you and I that we could go free. 
he loved us that much. Somebody said, well, so-and-so just went too far. They just went over the line. You can't trust them anymore. And all, let me tell you something, other. If God loves you and I so much that he would die for us, when we were so deep in sin, some of us were so deep in sin, our, our family didn't even lack us or trust us too much. But yet God looked down in his mercy and he reached down and he got a hold of us and he lifted us up like he did Peter when Peter was sinking by the boat in the waves that was all around him. He reached over and got him and lifted him up and he does you and I the same way in the pit that we're in. And he puts us up on solid ground and the only solid ground you'll ever find is in Jesus Christ. Put your trust in the Lord. It'll make all the difference in your life. We sometimes worry about what people think, this writer put it. He says, I read at age 20, we worry about what others think. At age 40, we don't care what others think. At age 60, we discover nobody's been thinking about us at all. And that's probably more truth in that than you want to realize. Weary. We worry about foolish things, things that don't make any difference, things that just the devil just puts it out there and, and like fishing for, for bluegill or something other or crappie back east, we just sometimes we didn't even bait the hook. We just had a little old metal hook that had a red eye, I mean red paint around eye, drop it over and jiggle it up and down and they grab it. And that's the way the devil does you and I. He just hangs something stupid and crazy in front of it and, and just jiggle it at us and we grab it. That's wary. Most of the things you've worried about have never happened. Never happened. Another story I like here that I've got to share it with you this morning. Uh, you, know, you know I'm stepping over the line, two stories in one day. That's almost more than I can handle. <laughs> A man calls his wife to wake up. Now, the thing about this, him calling her to wake up, after she woke up, she says, why can't you sleep? His wife asked her husband after he woke her, walking around the room at 3 a.m. in the morning. Can you imagine that? 3 a.m. in the morning, he's walking around. And he says, honey, answering her, why, why can't you sleep? He said, I borrowed $1,000 from Joe next door or Sam next door. And I owe it to him by in the morning or tomorrow. And he's walking around still wringing his hands and he said, I just don't have the money. His wife jumps out of bed. You got to get this picture. She's been woke up at three in the morning. She jumps out of the bed. She goes over the window. She slams the window open. Sticks her head out the window. Sam, Sam, she said. Frustrated, yeah, now she just screamed at the top of her lung, Sam! He finally opens the window, says, what is it? She said, you know that $1,000 my husband borrowed from you? He ain't got it. She slams the window shut, turns and looks at her husband and says, now you go to bed and go to sleep. Let him worry about it. A lot of humor, but a lot of truth there. Where gets you nowhere? 
The point is, where will get you nowhere but trouble. Jesus teaches us how to practice peace in John 4 and 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, he says. Peace of mind and heart. The peace I give you isn't fragile like the peace the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. There's no place in a Christian's life to be wearying all the time. Sure, it looks bad in our time that we're living now. Sure, we hear about them fighting in the East, and we hear about them fighting uh, uh, over where Russia is, and all around us it seems like chaos is going on. And you hear about p- things that you just can't get a hold of. You just can't, you can't wrap it around your mind. I like my personal come up and brag about going to cut somebody's head off and all those things you hear about, but, but we know that's coming to pass. We know that's just a sample of what's going to happen when the Lord takes his church home. Now, you can just bet on that's just a sample of what's going to happen. So we need to just put our trust in the Lord. Know that God's going to take care of everything. Don't be worried. Don't let it trouble you. When trouble tries to come your way through worry, just stop whatever you're doing. Go to the Lord. You know, Brother Ben, I can't do that. I'm on a job and I can't do it. Let me tell you, when I was on a job... I learned that I could pray and work at the same time. A lot of Pentecostals think you're not getting anywhere unless you're screaming at the top of your lung and the roof is raising up and down as you're screaming. God's not hard hearing. God can hear you even when you whisper. He listened to a sincere heart. Sometimes we Pentecostals think that if we turn the volume up in our prayers, it makes our prayer more powerful to get through the roof. But it's not. It's the lack of our faith. And when we apply our faith, no matter what the situation is, God moves because he moves in faith for you and I. Jude says, he is able to keep you from falling, to present you before his glorious presence, without fault, with great joy, with great joy. I think Christians need to strive to let the joy of the Lord flow forth in their life, wherever they are, wherever they come in contact with people, and just let everybody know that the joy of the Lord lives in me. Isaiah says, and listen to this, Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't fear. In other words, don't worry, for I am with you. I remember another place in Scripture says, I'll never forsake you and I'll never leave you. But here he goes on to say, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. That's the great I am speaking. I am your God. That's not just some God that's over in Egypt or, or some God that somebody's made because a God that somebody makes and puts before you is just something made that's called God. But the great I am is the one that hung everything on nothing in, in your life, in my life, in the, in the universe, and he's hung this world out on nothing. If you look on a spear and you begin to look, if you take a Brother White's a microscope or a telescope, brother, and you look at the heavens and you look at a planet, there's nothing under it. What was we looking at? It had the highway around. I call it a highway. Saturn. Saturn. You can't even see it with your naked eye, but I looked through his telescope and I could see it. And there's nothing under it. It's hanging on nothing. And it hadn't fell out. It's still there since God put it there. Now let me ask you this. 
If God's able to put a planet on nothing and keep it there, but just this thought it's going to be there, is God not able to keep you in your situation? Or is God a, your God so weak that he can't hold you up in the things the devil tries to tear you down with? Is, is your faith so weak that you can worry about something so and, and don't believe that God will pull you through it if you put your trust in him? God's a good God. says one place in the Word that a sparrow can't fall out of the air without God knows about it. But I want to take you a step further. You can't lose one hair in your head without God knows about it. Matter of fact, I'm going so far to believe that you can't lose one hair in your head unless God allows you to lose it. That's the kind of God we serve. So why worry about trivial little things? Why would I want to walk the floors at night because I can't pay somebody tomorrow? Or why do I need to fret and worry if I don't have the money that I think I need to do this with tomorrow? Maybe we shouldn't do that. The Bible tells us in 6 and 27, uh, first I want to say this though, we need to surrender to God what we can't control. There's some things in life you just can't control. It's beyond you to control it. But you can know who can control it. And we need to surrender. We need to surrender to God what we can't control, along with those things we think we can control. Matthew 6 and 27 says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to our life? It says to his life, I say our life. Who can, who can add an hour to it by worrying? It's wasted effort, folks. It's wasted time. You know why people worry, why the devil brings worry along to you? To keep you from being happy. Keep you from being full of joy. Because what Christian can be a witness to somebody and lead them to Christ if you're so hung up on worrying about the natural things around you that you can't stop long enough to give God praise in your situation? I think time's more needful to say, hey, I don't know how God's going to do this, but I refuse to worry about it. I'm going to trust God. If God don't bring it through like I think he ought to, that's all right because I'm not God. He knows what's best for me, and I accept it. Praise the Lord. It's in my best interest. Children worry about why God don't do things. Children worry about why mom and dad won't buy them that toy that they just got one last week just like it. They tore up and they want another one this week. Now, guess what? When I was young, I used to question the Lord. I'm not talking about in years. I'm talking about in the Lord. When, when, when I was young, the Lord, I used, to, I used to question, God, why won't you do this for me? You've done it for so-and-so. I'll tell you why I didn't do it for me. I wouldn't grow up enough to handle it. And God loved me so much, he wasn't going to give me something other, give me the big head and, want me, and brag about what God done for me or something other. God's not going to give you more than you can handle until you can grow up and be what God wants you to be in God and put your trust in God. No matter what it looks like on the horizon, God won't do certain things for us. See? Because we're people that we battle. We want, God give us eyes to look through, the fleshly eyes, and we get used to looking through our fleshly eyes, and God wants us to stop, just stop, just stop sometime and quit seeing what's in front of you and begin to look at him through all the clutter and a mess through spiritual eyes because God is well able to do abundantly above more than I could even think or do. God can go take me past all the obstacles in my life and yours. Stand up with me all over this place, will you? Now I want to ask this morning, are you serious about serving God? 
Are you a warrior? I want to give you a formula this morning to quit wearing. Simply give it to God. You're God's child through the blood of Jesus Christ. Give it to the Lord. Quit worrying about it. Quit bringing somebody else into it. I'm not going to wait long this morning. If you've been having problems and stressing in that area, I want you to step out from where you are right now, bold like. And I want you to come down this way. Brother White, come over here and help me, brother.